I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. If you're a firearms enthusiast like I am, or you have one in your life, let me tell you about the industry's best-kept secret, Bear Creek Arsenal. This is a veteran-owned and operated gun manufacturer. Bear Creek Arsenal, that is, based in Sanford, North Carolina. They make high-quality firearms at an incredible value. Learn more about Bear Creek Arsenal at BearCreekArsenal.com slash buck. Use promo code BUCK to get 10% off your first order. One more time, BearCreekArsenal.com slash BUCK and promo code BUCK to get 10% off your first order. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Hour number two, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Buck is out today. We'll be back with me on Monday. I'll be up, by the way, in New York City on Monday doing the Tunnel of Towers golf event, helping to raise money for that fabulous organization. And we'll have Senator Rand Paul in office with us. By the way, for those of you listening to Danielle there, I wanted her to be able to get her full story in. We ran right up against the end of the hour. She's going to join us at 2.30 Eastern to react to the Mel Tucker discussion, the Brenda Tracy lies that have cost Mel Tucker his job, Michigan State. I'll also go ahead and reiterate, if you want to weigh in, I want to be able to take some of your calls on this. Obviously, it is Friday. We take many calls on Friday. 800-282-2882. That's still to come. Joe Biden has spoken. Uh, and, uh, well, he didn't make much sense, as typically happens whenever Biden speaks. Uh, we'll have some cuts for that going forward with you. But I want to bring in my friend uh, Chip Roy now. Uh, from the great state of Texas to talk about the situation in the House of Representatives and more. Before we get there, though, your wife's an Aggie. You are a Texas Longhorn fan. Texas plays against Oklahoma this weekend. A&M plays Alabama. Next year, A&M and Texas will reignite the rivalry that is one of the best in all of sports. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for your marriage? (laughs) Well, Clay, great to be on, and I'd much rather. I mean, look, of all the weeks for this speaker uh, situation to occur, it has to be the week when we've got, tech, as you said, A&M, Alabama, and uh, OU, Texas. And uh, so I'm going to get to go to neither game, uh, but I'll be able to go with my kids to uh, 4-H and show their goats and all that, which is good. But, uh, look, the rivalry is long overdue to come back. It's been, this is 15 years now of just uh, an absolute, I think, disaster to not have that rivalry game. Uh, but I'm excited about both the games this weekend. Uh, Texas OU, I mean, OU, I think it's going to be out for revenge after getting swatted last year. What was the score? 40 something to seven. 49 zip. You know, 49 zip. Yeah. yeah. 
feet down. And um, say, look, I think it's going to depend a lot on Texas uh, running running game. You know, what Brooks had what two hundred and I don't know twenty yards or something against Kansas last week. And um, you know, the the uh, Texas is is better this year. OU's better, so I think it's going to be a good competitive game. But um, Texas defense is a lot better, and we'll see what happens on the line. I think our our defensive line on the interior is going to match up well against OU on the interior. So we'll see. I think it's going to be the who wants it more. And, you know, A&M Alabama, it's going to depend a lot on the, on the backup quarterback there at A&M. Cause what's his name? Uh, what is that? Max Johnson, I think, whatever the backup is. So that's we'll right. See. Uh, that, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, what happens down there? I think that's going to be uh, whether, whether Alabama's trying to show up and, and demonstrate they're still legit or whether A&M's trying to, you know, overcome some of the obstacles they've had. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Solid analysis there. I'll be in Aggie land. Can't wait. We got a great affiliate down there carrying the show every single day. Long time Rush supporters as well. So I look forward to seeing a lot of Bama and Aggie fans. I'll have my kids and my wife with me. All right, Chip. Let's, let's dive right into, uh, what's going on here, uh, on Capitol Hill. Uh, I believe we have two uh, announced candidacies. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Jim Jordan and Steve Scalise have both said that they are open to being, uh, the next Speaker of the House. They're going to run for it. Do you suspect that this process will be relatively smooth? Is it going to be a mess? Take us into Capitol Hill and what's been going on since Kevin McCarthy was removed. Yeah, first of all, uh, look, I mean, uh, both Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan are friends of mine. They both are fully announced candidates. Um, you know, look, I've not publicly said who I'm going to support yet. I will, I will tip my, my, uh, hat here. You know, I've got a longstanding friendship with Jim. The first thing I ever did. Uh, when I was a congressman-elect in 2018, was nominate Jim for uh, minority leader against Kevin, actually. Um, but I was one of the ones last week who I opposed the motion to vacate. I did not think that was the right course of action. Um, I thought Kevin had done a pretty good job trying to include all of us. I didn't like all the results. I thought we needed to do a better job on spending and some other issues. But I didn't think we should take that road. But we did. And so now we're in the process of figuring it out. Jim's running. Steve's running. Uh, we're going to have a conference call with Jim this afternoon, and then, you know, I'm going to listen to that, talk to another candidate or two. Uh, Kevin Hearn is thinking about running. And then I'll probably, uh, you know, make my public position later this afternoon about what I'm going to do on endorsements. But here's the bottom line is, you know, Jim is a solid conservative. Steve's a, a great guy. Um, we're going to have to make a decision as a conference, and we're going to have a letter today that's going to the conference chairwoman, Elise Stefanik, as to how we're going to make our choice. There's a lot of us that say that, look, we've gone to the floor a number of times. Let's figure this out behind closed doors. Let's get 218 of us united behind a new candidate. Let's rally around that speaker, and let's get the job done. we got to finish the appropriations bills. we got to secure the border. we got to check this whole blank check to Ukraine stuff, uh, and we got to make sure we do our job and hold the line on spending overall So, uh, and push back on the Biden administration. So that's where I think we're going to head, uh, but it's going to be a lot of work over the next week because Look, it's hard to get it's hard to get 218 to agree on anything. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do you think that either Jim Jordan or Steve Scalise can get to 218? And just to build off what you said, in your ideal world, it sounds like you'd have a behind the scenes kind of closed door vote, see what the tally is, and then whichever side emerges victorious would be the nominee. The other side would sort of graciously say, "Okay, I'm not going to stand." Um, and then by the time you get out back on the House floor, everybody's already made their yep. decision instead of having yep. sort of the dirty laundry aired in public. Is that a good uh, representation yeah, of what you would prefer? That's the goal. And, and look, we're, we're at a time we've had some – look, and let me just say this. 
with all due respect, and I've got Democratic friends and I've worked with, I've had bipartisan bills. You got to do what you can do uh, with what you got. But our Democratic colleagues do not have any real interest in working with us on the issues that most of my constituents care about. I mean, even just last week, one of our Democratic colleagues was carjacked nine blocks from the U.S. Capitol. Do you think they're going to come out for strong, you know, crime control? You know, our borders are wide open, 306,000 encounters in August, 11,000 in Eagle Pass last week, fentanyl killing our kids. Are we going to get border security out of our Democratic colleagues? You know, Ukraine, it's always a blank check, $2 trillion of deficits, no help. So what that means is we have the 221 Republicans, because we lost one because his wife's sick and he resigned. We have 221, and we have to basically figure it out among that group because we're getting no support from our Democratic colleagues for common-sense solutions to those problems. So if we have some disagreements, it ends up getting aired out publicly. I'm not one of the people that thinks that that that, that is that bad of a thing. Um, we wanted to have a more open Congress. And I actually credit Kevin with working with us to do that. It's why I would not have vacated. But, but it happened. So let's keep moving forward. Let's unite. But look, it's going to be a little open. The point about the behind closed doors as a conference is that I think we need to unite as a conference around one speaker and then come out. Let's select that speaker and let's get busy working. And, and you know, all of the work we do is out in, in public view uh, uh, every day anyway. We're talking to Congressman Chip uh, Roy of Texas. You said you, you want to kind of unite behind closed doors. You haven't, and you also just told us, hey, later this afternoon, you're going to maybe say who you would support. Uh, Donald Trump came out in favor of Jim Jordan. Obviously, different people have taken different perspectives on this. As you sort of read the room, would you assess this as a 50-50 battle? Is it a 60-40 battle? Do you think somebody has more votes on their side than the other right now? How would you assess sort of the vote counting from your perspective? I think that there is, you know, there were a number of people talking about it. The, the two guys got out pretty quickly. I think they're the two leading candidates at the moment. They're the two, they're the only two really fully announced candidates at the moment. And I think they're, I think it's pretty much a 50 50 kind of market at the moment, but I do think there's some wind in Jim's sales. And I think that wind is getting a little stronger. Uh, he's got a lot of support across the conference, despite having been a Freedom Caucus chairman and founder, you know, uh, over the last decade. You know, as Judiciary Committee chairman, what he's been doing on oversight and Biden, he's a great spokesman, et cetera. Um, you know, again, not tipping my, my hat too quickly. I just want to say that I think, uh, you know, it's, it's a still a, a, a probably a toss up today, but all of this weekend, there's going to be a lot of calls getting whipped. And, uh, and so I think we'll, we'll see an interesting, um, debate. Now, here's the trick. If there are 10 or 15 or 20 who are just never going to support person X, whether it's Scalise, whether it's yep. Jim, then we're going to have to figure out a consensus candidate, right? And so those are some of the questions, right? Trump's come in hard for J- Jim. Will that get us to unanimity or will that call us, cause us to be a little short? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, same with Steve. So look, our job is to wrestle through this. Again, I spent the last, I stayed in DC till this morning. I kept working. I would have stayed longer, but most had left town. So I've been working and I'll be working this weekend remotely on how we set up a structure to get this done because should we the, need to get it done. Should the rules be changed uh, in terms of how many people can bring a motion to vacate? And for people out there who are uh, not really paying a lot of attention, and I understand it to the uh, nitty-gritty of the uh, of the House of Representatives rules and regulations, can you explain to us what the rule is now and whether you think that should be changed for the next speaker and whether you think it's likely to be changed? 
Correct. So uh, the motion to vacate is a tool that has existed in the United States House of Representatives since Thomas Jefferson's manual for over 200 years. It was pulled out under uh, Speaker Pelosi's tenure, and it was removed to only the leader of each conference, which, of course, doesn't make much sense, right? Because, you know, you're pretty much just leaving it in the the tools of of the minority leader to go try to go after the speaker. The reason it was always there was simple. It was so that any one member can protect his or her right to be able to be heard in the conference. It's a majoritarian body. That means you pretty much get steamrolled by the majority, except for that one tool to be able to say, hold on, Mr. Speaker, you're not accounting for us. You're not letting us have a seat at the table. You're doing deals behind closed doors. You're doing, you know, these multi-trillion dollar deals that you drop on the floor at the last minute and jam us. That's the one tool we have. So last year in the speaker's debate in January, it was one of the things we fought to restore. Kevin, to his great credit, agreed to restore it. We had, I think, a very successful first six months getting good bills passed, strong border security, strong defense bill. Obviously, last week, the motion to vacate got played. I wouldn't have played it. But that's kind of the price of having the, the, the system be more democratized. I think we must keep it. I want to be very clear. If I end up supporting Jim Jordan, which is very likely after I have a call this afternoon that I got to hold on to, just because he's my guy and he was my guy in 2018, the first thing I did in Congress doesn't mean I shouldn't be consistent that I think the motion to vacate needs to stay there. In other words, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I believe it's an important tool. It's messy. Democracy's messy. We don't have things like recall petitions in this country. We don't do things the same way as parliamentary systems and so forth. But we do need a tool for members of Congress to be able to flex their muscle and say, wait a minute, we don't like the way things are going. You know, we can debate those rules. Maybe next year we can. But I, for one, believe we need to keep this rule uh, through the rest- remainder of this Congress. And we can we can always debate that next year as we do every year. Eighteen members of the House uh, Republican Caucus are in districts that Joe Biden won. I think that's the correct, correct. number in 2020. So those are flip districts. Uh, you obviously have a wide variety of perspectives inside of the Republican House. I, I talked about this on the air recently, and I'm curious your analysis. I don't remember any period of time where there's been more people screaming rhino all the time. Anytime you're yeah. on the opposite side, it's kind of like sports, right? I mean, I'm used to it, but yeah. if you're not on the same team as someone else, then immediate, on any one issue, immediately you get called a rhino. Is that healthy? Is it uh, good for Republicans? Because I don't hear Democrats rip each other publicly as often as I do Republicans. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but it seems that's the case. And how much of whatever decision is made now really has to be focused on the fact that those 18, in order to win, uh, have a different uh, obligation and responsibility to their constituents than somebody who's in a hard-right district that doesn't have any risk at all. It seems like there's not a lot of discussion about the disparate treatment uh, and responsibilities of different constituencies, right? It's a big group. Sure. And let me just say this. I mean, one thing, again, credit to Kevin. We had a lot of us sitting at the table who got to know each other across the ideological spectrum, which we had not done as much of. Just this morning, Brian Fitzpatrick, who's probably by voting record our most left side of the Republican conference guy. And I'm obviously pretty far on the right side voting record-wise, if not, you know, top two, three, four. And we, we're good friends. We get along. This morning, we jointly led this letter I told you about, which is going to have close to 100 signatures on it, saying, hey, let's 
let's decide this uh, as a conference with 218 as a family and then come to the floor. There are times when you can do that and agree. I've got great friendships with people across the spectrum. Um, and I respect their – we have to represent our constituents. They have to respect that for me, I'm going to throw down over the border. I'm not yep. going to give another dollar to Alejandro Mayorkas if the border is not secure because I'm in Texas and we're getting absolutely crushed. So they respect that. So, you know, I'm good with that. I actually think robust debate is good. I love it. I, I You know, people get out there and call me a rhino. I, it does not bother me in the slightest bit. Uh, I'm a rhino because I uh, endorse Ron DeSantis. Oh, I'm a rhino, right? I'm a rhino because I didn't vacate Kevin McCarthy. So, okay, all but eight members of the Republican conference that are rhinos, uh, including large numbers, the vast majority of the Freedom Caucus. It's all nonsense, but you know what? It's an open you know, debate. People are going to get out there, especially in the world of social media. But here's the one thing that I think is where it gets a little dangerous. Last week, a bunch of people were calling into my office and pretty threatening going after my interns and my front office people, good kids. And they were doing it because somebody had said, Chip Roy is a turncoat, and he's now for Ukraine funding. Well, hold on a second. A, even if that were true, that's not a reason to light, just light our office on fire. But B, it's not true. I'm very skeptical of even another dollar to Ukraine. But what I said was, if there's going to be Ukraine funding, I want border security, period, like end of story. And then that got translated as Chip will sell out on Ukraine in order to get border. And then people started calling in with pretty vile attacks on some of the people that are, you know, kids in my front office. So that caused me, I, I kind of lost it on an interview with my friend Steve Dates and told them to kiss my bottom in a more vulgar way and, and, and another expletive or two because I was really angry at what they were doing to my kids. You can say whatever you want about me. I don't give a crap. But, you know, everybody needs to just dial it back a notch in terms of how you're engaging with other humans. Uh, express your opinion and then, you know, uh, take a chill pill and, and let's figure out how this plays out. Enjoy the games. Have fun with the kids and, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Have fun at College Station, man. Say hi to all, everybody there. Take care. Will do. That's, uh, Congressman Chip Roy. Awesome dude. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that, react to that interview when we come back in a sec. But our friend Dutch Mendenhall, co-founder, CEO of Rad Diversified, organizing an impactful wealth summit this December in Tampa. The Invest Wealth Summit, two full days, Saturday and Sunday, December 1st and 2nd. You'll hear from a variety of speakers on a range of topics, including my buddy Buck Sexton. Uh, Tucker Carlson will also be there, as well as a dozen others, including uh, Lisa Booth and Amy Vaughn. If you want to learn how to create financial freedom and security for your future, then you want to be at the Invest Wealth Summit. Get your tickets online at investwealthsummit.com today. That's Invest wealthsummit.com dutch mendenhall he's a visionary leader in real estate investing and author of a book we've mentioned on this program quite a lot money shackles learn how to diversify your portfolio without relying solely on wall street explore alternative investments gain access to unique opportunities and hidden gems you can see buck along with dutch mendenhall tucker carlson lisa booth and many more expand your investment horizons safeguard your financial future one more time December 2nd and 3rd in Tampa, Florida, investwealthsummit.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. 
You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. No surprise, but do you know the number of abortions in states where it's deemed legal have increased since the overturning of Roe v. Wade? Sadly, unborn babies' lives are more at risk than ever, and that's where preborn steps in. Preborn introduces moms to their precious babies through ultrasound. When a mom in crisis hears her baby's heartbeat and sees her or him on ultrasound, she is twice as likely to choose life. Preborn has rescued hundreds of thousands of babies' lives, and their network of clinics are located in the highest abortion states, standing strong for moms in crisis and the most vulnerable preborn babies. Five ultrasounds are just $140, helping to rescue five babies. Preborn relies on donations from us. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Visit preborn.com slash buck sponsored by preborn. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think I'm covered. No worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Welcome back in. Chip said he wanted more sports questions next time. He did a good job. That is really fascinating. We'll break it down for you, this speaker battle, when we come back. I think there's a good chance we're going to have a resolution and a speaker by Wednesday. The question is, how long until someone else is demanding that that speaker be removed? How long will they last? It feels like Trump is stepping out of the way. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. I will lay out all of it, break it down for you. We'll take some of your calls. That will be in the next segment. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. And I want to tell you, when you find a company taking care of their customers, you want to do business with them. Pure Talk's one of those companies. Aside from amazing customer service, they added something to their plans this summer, increasing data by 50% without increasing the price. Still just 20 bucks a month for unlimited talk text. Now 50% more 5G data plus a mobile hotspot, just 20 bucks a month. Pure Talk, veteran-owned. They don't outsource keeping jobs at home in the good old USA. Most families saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. 
Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck to make the switch to Pure Talk, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, make the switch to Pure Talk today. That is easy to do. It'll save you a bundle. My own son, my 15-year-old, has a Pure Talk phone. You can get hooked up. Clay and Buck, when you dial pound 250, do it today. Pound 250, Clay and Buck. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Uh, Buck is out today. He'll be back Monday with me. So I think you just got a pretty good preview there from Congressman Chip Roy from down in Texas about how all of this is likely to go. First of all, he said he didn't want to endorse. But by the end of the interview, if he doesn't endorse for uh, for Jim Jordan, I'm going to be stunned. So... We'll see how all of this breaks down. But if they can keep this in-house, basically have a vote without it being all in public, and then go out onto the House floor by Wednesday and nominate a new House speaker, I think it's going to be Jim Jordan. And I think that is going to be a good choice. I, I know Jim well, so I am just not... Speaking out of turn here, I am very confident in Jim Jordan's strategic abilities and his work ethic and his commitment to the issues that matter the most to me. And full disclosure, I met Jim initially several years ago, but his committee had me up to testify in March of 21, I think on Capitol Hill about the powers of big tech, which I still think is one of the biggest issues that we face as a country today. This idea that Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, uh, which is owned by Google, and Twitter, which now is owned by Elon Musk, thankfully, but that they can control what is and is not seen. That's how we started off the show today with me being frustrated. The biggest power that media gatekeepers have is in choosing what stories to feature. And it's amazing how often the stories that are featured are not representative of the larger issues that exist in this country. And so that's one reason, again, I feel very fortunate to be have found it OutKick to run it, to be able to talk to you guys every day on this program, because we can cut through some of the uh, of the absence of stories, like I was talking about earlier with Mel Tucker and the incentive structure we've created, I believe, for women to lie by arguing, as Democrats do, hashtag believe all women. And we're going to take some more of your calls about that. But Jim Jordan is right on those issues. How important it is to have a true marketplace of ideas and why we must fight for it zealously, because without a marketplace of ideas, we truly cannot have a democratic republic in this country because you can't argue for the things that you care about the most. And the media won't cover it when you do argue it if social media is rigged as it has been in the past. So I think Jim Jordan's going to end up Speaker of the House. And I think Jim Jordan will do a really good job towing the line. But there's actually pictures of me. I think almost the only time I ever wore a mask in public. Had to do it when I was flying on airplanes, things like that. They made me testify in front of Congress while wearing a mask. In March of 2021. You want to talk about craziness. 
Have we just we're just gonna pretend that that didn't happen where everybody who was even speaking had to wear a mask? Remember when you would see reporters on television standing outside with a mask on while they're talking into their microphone? I mean, this is craziness. And we'll talk some with uh, Rand Paul about this on Monday because Rand Paul's going to be in studio with me um, in the uh, in the. It should be a really fun interview, I think, in New York City. But Ali just texted me. You see that picture of me? I couldn't even talk in that stupid mask. It kept falling down. I kept having to pull it back up. I was sitting at a table by myself in the House. I think it's the House Judiciary Committee room. And there still were a lot of people who were appearing via Zoom because they were afraid they were going to die if they got, you know, COVID. I'd already had it a couple of times, I think, at that point. I hadn't yet taken over this show uh, with Buck. But I'm sitting there with that stupid mask on my face trying to talk into a microphone. The mask doesn't work. You can't speak with a mask on anyway. And everybody in the whole room uh, who was testifying had to have masks on. Allie, you see that picture? It's ridiculous. It basically was underwear on my face. Uh, and not even cool underwear on my face. Do you remember that guy on the, uh, I'm sure you remember that fix, picture that went, uh, viral, Ali, of the guy on the New York City subway with the woman's thong on his face as, as his mask. Do you remember that? That is one of the, one of the great, uh, moments in masking theater history was when the guy just wore the lacy thong as his, as his, as his as his mask. He's a true hero, the guy who wore the lacy thong. Uh, I think it was a red thong that he uh, decided to wear to protect himself and others from his breath particles. Uh, got a VIP email from Kay. Uh, appreciate this. Clay, first time writer. Tell your wife congrats. Again, wife passed the bar exam. The bar exam results just posted today uh, for those who took them in the summer. Thank you for sharing her story. I'm 53 years old. And we'll begin my third graduate class in the last year. She said she works full-time, too. I was thinking of getting my master's degree in legal studies. Yesterday, I was considering if I should take the JD next program. After hearing your wife's story, I'm definitely going to do it now. Thank you for inspiring me. Look, I, I in an ideal world, most of us are going to live far longer today than... Our parents, our grandparents, and our great-grandparents did. I would like to think so. And so I was saying my wife is in her 40s like I am. We met initially uh, when I was 22 years old. We were first-year law students at Vanderbilt. I was recruiting all of the pretty girls that I could meet to be on our co-ed softball team. So... That was my excuse to go up and talk to my wife was that I was recruiting. Uh, I didn't tell her that I was only recruiting pretty girls, but we had a really good-looking co-ed softball team. That's how we met. So first-year Vanderbilt Law students. She, at the time, did not like law school. She finished her first year. She decided, you know what, the practice of law is not for me. She ended up going back to school and got her graduate degree and became a school guidance counselor. Uh, she worked in a high school in the Nashville area for several years. Obviously, we then go on and have three kids. We've got a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 9-year-old, a 10th grader, 7th grader, 3rd grader, three boys. And so, as you can imagine, kids are a handful. There's lots of moving parts. I don't exactly have the most normal of jobs. I'm on the road back then even way more than I am now, traveling all the time, 
uh, for the jobs that I was doing. And so she was focused on being a mom. Eventually she started staying home with the, with the kids. But then the kids all got into school and all of them are in school all day. And she, you know, kind of has a moment to sit back and say, okay, what's life going to be like now? And she decided to go back to law school and finish her last two years because she finished that first year. Law school is three years. And no one at Vanderbilt Law School had ever requested to come back and complete their legal training after that big of a gap, almost 20 years between when she finished her first year and when the kids are all in school and she now has time and my schedule's calmer and i am got a home studio and I'm not traveling as much and I can be more involved in making sure that I'm getting the kids to and from school and and uh, and helping them on a daily basis. Uh, and so she went back to school. And for the last two years, I mean, I've been doing this radio program. I didn't really want to talk about the fact that she was in law school because I worry if I talk. I'm, I tell you guys what I do, but a lot of times I worry. I don't want to talk about what my kids do or my wife does because I don't want to get them judged based on what people think about me. Because believe it or not, I know this is going to shock you all. There are a lot of people who don't like me very much. I think I'm wonderful. My mom thinks I'm wonderful. But there are a lot of people out there who don't like the opinions that I share every day. And they would attack me for it. And they do. And I'm fine with that because I'm a public figure. And like I was saying, there's lots of nasty things that get said about me on a day-to-day basis. That's life. But I don't want those attacks. I'm old school in some ways. I don't want those attacks to go on to my family. You know, even the mafia didn't attack families. You think about where we are as a society. Back in the day, the mafia, they would walk up and they would wipe you out while you're eating your pasta in the wrong restaurant. Your guys don't protect you. They would wipe you out. They didn't go after wives or kids. There was honor among thieves. They were like, you know what? We're not going to go after the mafia Don's family. Now, if you had a kid and they grew up and they became a member of the mafia, that's different. But I'm talking about they didn't go after wives. There was a there was an honor even among thieves and scoundrels that you didn't go after. Everybody's got a wife. Everybody's got kids. That's not fair. They didn't sign up for the life. You as the Mafia Don, you as the Mafia member, you signed up for the life. You put yourself in peril as a result. They understood that. That was the code. Isn't it amazing how that code really doesn't exist anymore? And I'm not talking about people like Hunter Biden. When you're clearly making money, like he's basically a member of the Mafia, right? When you decide, hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to make money, I'm going to put myself forward as a member of the Biden crime family, like you are now in the mafia. That's fair game. But just going after random people's wives or their businesses or their kids' businesses or other things, like there's a nastiness out there that I don't think even existed during the mafia era. And so I don't talk a lot about what they're doing until it's done. I didn't even want to say she was taking the bar exam until we found out today she passed. And I didn't want to say she was at Vanderbilt Law School because the point on this is, and I think it's such a cool story, is there was no precedent. You have to figure out whether this is allowed. The ABA has to sign off on it. It's a big process to decide to go back to law school. But what I take away as a, a, an important lesson that I think and I hope that our kids took, but I also a lot of you out there, is if you've got a goal, it's never too late to do it. You want to write a book and you're 65 and you're listening to me right now, do it. You want to get your law degree and you are 55 years old and you think, hey, I practice law for the next 20 years or you're 35 or you're 45 or whatever the age is, do it. Um, 
don't be curtailed by your age from pursuing something that you've always wanted to do. And every now and then you'll see these stories go viral. Well, somebody who's 78 years old will decide, hey, you know what? I want to finish high school or I want to finish that college degree that I started. Don't let yourself be handcuffed by what other people think you should or should not do. I believe in the power of the individual. And I believe in all of your abilities when you put your mind to it to achieve incredible things. Oftentimes, the fear of failing is so profound that a lot of people don't take risk at all. And you don't pursue what you actually wish you would have done. And what ends up happening then? I think you end up bitter, angry, and you sit around on social media from anonymous accounts taking pot shots at people who did with their lives what you weren't brave enough to do with your own life. Just worth thinking about here on that Friday, but I'm super proud of her. Congratulations to my wife. You didn't hear it earlier. Becoming one of the latest lawyers. Not that we need more lawyers, but we got two in the Travis household now. Uh, some people out there are speculating on a coming change to the currency system. According to one of them, a former Wall Street insider, current digital currency expert, our federal government could soon announce this change. In this scenario, paper currency could be replaced with something much more trackable, a digital currency. The expert on this is a guy by the name of Tika Tawari. He's warning that the official announcement could come in the months ahead. He's exposing this government plan in an online video and showing you the three steps you need to take to prepare. Go to dollarrecall.com to watch this video. You'll learn more about this plan, how to opt out of it if you decide to do so. Again, dollarrecall.com. Learn how to prepare before it's too late. Your entire life savings could depend on it. One more time, dollarrecall.com. Paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Don't miss a minute of Clay and Buck and get behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. Subscribe to CNB 24-7. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons, One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. There is a great evil taking place in our society. Since 1973, over 64 million babies' lives have been taken. Preborn is dedicated to saving these precious lives. And every day, the staff members at Preborn Clinics rescue 200 babies and help women in crisis by sharing light, love, and a free ultrasound. That changed my life, just from that ultrasound picture. You see, when an expectant mother meets her precious baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, she is twice as likely to choose life for her baby. Would you join me 
and preborn in rescuing babies' lives. One ultrasound is just $28, and for $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds helping to rescue five babies' lives. To donate securely, use your cell phone and dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 saying baby, or go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash buck. You will never regret saving a baby's life. Visit preborn.com slash buck, sponsored by Preborn. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Welcome back in. Uh, a lot of you want to weigh in. Uh, we haven't taken very many calls uh, yet so far in this program. Let's do it. Uh, Shannon in Austin, Texas. Uh, you are raising twin 17-year-olds. Good luck with that. Um, I'm sure a boy and a girl. You wanted to discuss what we were talking about with Mel Tucker. Yes. Thank you for having me on, Clay. Um, actually, it's quite easy um, raising um, our twins. Um we uh, go at our twins intentionally with uh, love and care. Um, I did want to discuss with you um, how my son is being raised to treat other women. I know this is going to be a shocker for some people, but he's to treat um, other women um, as sisters in Christ. It ultimately begins in the home. But the other side is we're trying not to raise him to be a skeptic of women. And that's a, uh, that is a balance for sure. Um, what do you think about the uh, idea of hashtag believe all women? I don't believe that at all. Yep. Uh, um, that that says believe all women, and we, we cannot believe all women, just as we could not believe all men. Um, if you have not, uh, uh, parents out there, uh, read your book, read the book uh, Justice on Trial about the Kavanaugh uh, It's a great book. It's a fabulous it, book. Amazing. I read that to my children on a camping trip at the Frio River here in Texas. Um, thank you for thank you for thank calling in, Shannon. She's right about that book, by the way, and I want to get to as many calls as I can here. It's a fabulous book. I think that is the uh, uh, that's Hemingway, right? Uh, is the author not Ernest Hemingway? Uh, uh, but uh, but she does fabulous work. Um, and uh, and. Yeah, it, it's it's a really it's a must read book because I think it's the natural delineation of how we ended up with the Mel Tucker situation that we're in right now. Uh, Thomas in Connecticut, what you got for us? Hey, Glay, how's it going? Thanks for taking the call. Uh, I've been waiting weeks for someone to take this to make this story front and center in the media, and I've just been shocked at the silence over it. Uh, a quick comment I wanted to make. Uh, first, I got to qualify it by saying I've been married for forty four years to the same woman. 
I've got two daughters. I've got four granddaughters. There's nobody more pro-women than me. You can't find anybody more pro-women than I am. However, I'm concerned about the disproportionate amount of power we are giving women when it comes to this conversation. I'm also concerned about the lack of honesty yep. in this conversation. Just on the surface, Mel Tucker is going to put his life, he's going to put his multi-billion, multi-million dollar contract on the line to assault a woman who is a sexual assault counselor. To me, that on the surface, it, it didn't pass the smell test. Yeah. So and, and I'm just concerned, again, about the media and the lack of honesty in, in, in this conversation. Thank you for the call. And by the way, the book, and I would encourage all of you to go read it. Molly Hemingway, super talented uh, writer, friend uh, of the show, uh, Justice on Trial, the Kavanaugh Confirmation and the Future of the Supreme Court. It's a, uh, it's a great read. It's a really, really good read. Um, but he's right. Look, men lie, women lie, white people lie, black people lie, Asian people lie, Hispanic people lie, gay people lie, straight people lie. And by the way, all those people also tell the truth. You can't use identity as a proxy in any way for whether someone is telling the truth. And so when you create this dynamic of hashtag believe all women, which is the outgrowth of the Brett Kavanaugh case, what Kamala Harris and others argue, the opposite side of that is all men are liars, right? If you believe all women, what you create is an incentive structure to allow some dishonest women to take advantage of the political dynamic and go after powerful, successful men like Mel Tucker or Trevor Bauer. This is why Lady Justice is blind. It's 100% wrong. We've talked about it some on this show. I'll continue to take your calls, by the way, as we roll into the third hour. We come back, top of the next hour, I want to talk about the motion that Donald Trump filed to dismiss charges in D.C. I think there's some good validity to them. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 